This paid commercial may not represent the views of Hubbard Broadcasting Incorporated or Federal News Radio. Statements and opinions of this broadcast are solely those of individual contributors or advertisers as indicated. Federal News Radio does not take responsibility for those statements or opinions and accepts no responsibility or liability for any inaccuracy, errors, or omissions reported during this program. Welcome to the 2018 Federal Executive Forum Series on Federal News Radio 1500 AM, proudly celebrating 13 years. Today's episode brings you IT modernization in government. Here's your host, Luke McCormack. Good afternoon and welcome to this month's show. I'm Luke McCormack. During today's show, we will discuss best practices with IT modernization strategies in the federal government. With me today on the show are Dave Blair, Chief Transformation Delivery Division, Citizenship and Immigration Services. Scott Bean, Assistant Director, IT Infrastructure Division, FBI. Dave Winogren, Managing Director, Deloitte. Chris Borneman, VP and Chief Technology Officer, Software AG Government Solutions. And Bob Osborne, Chief Technology Officer, Federal Service Now. Well, this is a big subject, and we've got a lot of activity that's happened over the last year. I'll, I'll try to outline that, uh, you know, there's an efficiency uh, executive order that came out, and then followed by a, a, uh, a cybersecurity executive order, 13800, and then the IT modernization report came out, and then, of course, the Management Act was, uh, was passed recently, and some very clear guidance from OMB about how to implement uh, the An Management Act, and then, of course, the President's Management Agenda, and the first goal there was modernizing IT to increase productivity and security. So this concept about modernizing your environment and using that to do two things. One, harden your environment, very important, and also being able to deliver that citizen experience, that mission experience in a rapid and timely manner. And so a um, uh, lot to talk about here about how that all comes together. So let's start with you, Scott. Um, uh, why don't you give us some examples of the progress that you guys are making over there at the IT, uh, over at the FBI on IT modernization? Absolutely. So we've we've uh, done a couple of things recently on the unclassified side because, of course, we operate on all three enclaves. We op operate unclassified, secret, and top secret. So in the unclassified enclave, we've really focused more on enablement of our uh, agents and analysts in the field to do more and more of their work in the unclassified environment. So we've, we've taken the uh, Bureau over to Office 365, uh, starting out with email and then delivering additional capabilities to make them more efficient in the field and give them the ability to get more done in the field. Uh, in terms of our secret and top secret, uh, we've taken an opportunity as we're building out a new data center in Pocatello, Idaho, mm -hmm. and making more and better use of, of a data center in Clarksburg, West Virginia, uh, and then also getting out of a uh, commercial data center. Uh, that's been a forcing function for us to modernize applications and also to build out cloud on-premise and take advantage of commercial cloud solutions that are becoming available now. So we're re really looking to squeeze efficiency out of every opportunity that we have to go on to new and better infrastructure, more secure infrastructure, but also to take advantage of commercial cloud solutions as they become available. Really sort of this hybrid cloud on steroids where you're, you're moving into this private cloud enclave and then uh, sort of unleashing by uh, you know moving a lot of this stuff into the unclass environment, take advantage of what's available in the public cloud environment. That's uh, very interesting. Yep. Dave, how about at CIS? I know you guys have been on the modernization journey for some time. Uh, give us an update as to how things are going over there. Sure. Uh, <clears throat> so we, uh, 
I think as you know, we, we have moved to, uh, a lot of our, our applications have moved to the cloud already. Um, and I think we're, we're trying to, uh, to, to move, any, uh, move the remaining uh, applications that we have uh, from like mainframe to, to, to cloud, sure. to platform as a service, software as a service. Um, and uh, we, we had a director that came on board and, and, uh, and said, we want, I want a digital, 100% digital agency. I want to work in a, in a digital environment. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, with, that, with that statement alone, that really was the impetus for, for um, uh, uh, changing, you know, changing our practices, um, uh, moving to uh, mo more mobile apps, um, tablet, app, tablet application, and, and really um, looking at each of these applications to see whether or not um, there's a return on investment. Are we making life easier for our, our adjudicators? Um, are we getting um, applications uh, and petitions, uh, proof of benefits back to our, um, our customers, our external customers? Right, I would imagine when you, you digitize that whole experience, there's a real opportunity to do some business process re-engineering in there too as well to really uh, enable that experience for the, uh, I guess the would-be citizen or to-be citizen, et cetera. Dave, how about uh, over at Deloitte? Uh, you guys have an opportunity to look across the spectrum at a lot of different uh, activities that are going on. What are you seeing out there now with all the uh, sort of this um, permission, if you will, and this enablement that has happened from the White House and Congress on down for every agency to, to get on with it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Across both, I'll say, the commercial practice and the public sector, sure. you know, there's this pace of technology change that's just presenting so many tremendous opportunities. And the one common thing that slows down an organization from taking advantage of those new technologies is a lack of IT modernization, right? Both to the points that you made about uh, security concerns, but also lack of ability to adopt innovation. It, it is the one big drag. And so it's delightful to see progress being made. And, and you know, we've made so much progress in the federal sector, you just heard some examples moving to the cloud. I mean, to me, a real turning point was when the CIA said, hey, we can use a commercial cloud provider. Because, you know, uh, so years ago when I worked at the Department of Defense, you know, we would have said, we're happy to be in the cloud as long as none of the rest of you are there with us, right? And, and that sort of mindset is being changed about what's the best path for me, what's the best hybrid solution? But to me, maybe even more important than that is this recognition that IT modernization is so much more than just moving your, your infrastructure and your software to the cloud, right? That there's this thousands of legacy applications and systems that have to be addressed. And, and not all of them are necessarily bad, but some of them have been with us for a really long time. And so this thoughtful process about what should you retire, what should you replace and what should you refresh presents all these new opportunities for, I'll say, other aspects of IT modernization. We're seeing organizations, you know, take an old COBOL system that they love, but, you know, COBOL programmers aren't getting any younger and, and replace it, with, you know, do automated code refactoring to replace it with modern languages. We see people move into commercial off-the-shelf solutions that take the place of old legacy systems no longer doing the job. We see people embracing new technologies, process robotics, blockchain, all these opportunities that take place once you start down this path of, we're going to move away from the legacy thing that's keeping us from being mobile, digital, web-based, and, and ready for the future. And, and perhaps most interestingly, this recognition that you don't have to build, always build a system. You could buy a capability as a service and buy an outcome and have a partner come in, whether it's a shared services provider or a private sector partner, and actually deliver a result for you and get you out of the business of owning equipment and building systems. Sure, I mean, it's, uh, I, I always say it's a, it's a great time to be modernizing with this tectonic shift in, in technology capabilities that are available. Uh, including software as a service, so it's a, uh, it's a, uh, I would imagine that, um, uh, 
uh, ServiceNow and, and, and others are playing a big role in, in Software AG as far as connecting these things together. So Chris, what are you seeing out there and how are you all sort of connecting all this together uh, over at uh, Software AG? Oh, thank you. So one of the things that, that we see uh, is a big shift towards uh, focusing on platforms. So a lot of the past historical modernization efforts you know, has been a cycle that we've seen a lot of times where you've got an old legacy system, you want to replace it, and you do a spot replacement. And then a few years later down the road, you know, your requirements have changed, your system that you just replaced now has become the new legacy, and you do another spot replacement. And so we've seen a big shift towards looking towards how do I do a platform that's going to be able to be nimble, be able to adjust with me as I grow. And, and two examples that, that I'd like to talk about. You know, one is defense security services. So they implement the, uh, the National Industrial Security Program. Right? So they have responsibility for 13,000 you know, roughly uh, cleared facilities across the U.S. Right? And these facilities, you know, they, they manage 40,000, or at least are responsible for 40,000 classified systems. Right? So making sure you have the facility clearances properly you know, is very important. But based off of their metrics, they're roughly a third of those, a little over a third, that are behind or overdue from the last assessment. And it's a multitude of factors. And that whole process is very reactionary. They don't have good metrics into it. They, don't, they can't be proactive to cybersecurity. So as they look at the modernization and they look at the directives, they are doing a full, full platform replace that can evolve with them, that gives them the full insights, and can integrate to all these other data sources, right? So it's not just the modernization with the platform, but how do I connect into all these other data sources, mm -hmm. right? And so, so I'm very encouraged by the work that they've, they've been doing with that. And then the other one that, that um, uh, I find to be really intriguing is inside of the Department of Labor has got the Office Workman's Comp Program, right? So this is an overall program that's got four major legacy systems that are all outdated, right? And so they have chosen to do one platform. Effectively, they could build it out as a shared service, right, so that they could even go beyond these initial four and, and provide modernization. But they're doing full, full uh, workflow modernization with that, but integration. So if you think about workman claims, right, you need to talk into commercial systems, medical claims, filing claims, taxes, payments, all sorts of different uh, systems that are both cross-agency and cross-industry and then bring that back together and then be able to understand the anomaly, right? where do I have fraud associated to that? How do I change with the policies because your claims will last multiple years over time and your needs of that system, even down to the claim level, change right, with your business rules and that. So they've taken a very good uh, platform approach, which we've seen very encouraging as people look towards their yeah, modernization. Using this advanced technology to tie that together in sort of this real-time environment. Uh, Bob, what, what are you seeing over there? You guys are, are working with a variety of agencies. You're all, obviously all over the the, uh, the private sector. Uh, what do you guys see in regards to sort of the modernization movement and uh, the progress that's being made across the community? Well, thanks, Luke. You know, we do see a lot of uh, actual tension uh, amongst agencies. You know, mm -hmm. I'm fortunate to be able to travel to other nations in their public sector. Uh, development of IT modernization, the application of platform management versus uh, application management, as Chris was just mentioning, and as Dave was speaking to as well, is, is there's this real push now to embrace uh, new technologies, and, and we're starting to see budgets that will support the ability to make those transformations. But this tension I was referring to is really an expectation of the users for the ability to interact with getting their job done in an easy, 
interactive way at work the way that they do at home in our, in our personal lives. So we're used to having data presented to us in the format that we want to make a decision very rapidly, whether it's to get a ride in a car, uh, utilizing one of the uh, Lyft providers such as Uber or Lyft, if we're, if we're getting directions, like when I drove out here this morning and I used Waze, uh, information is aggregated and presented to you in a way that you can make the appropriate decision to carry out whatever the task is that you're trying to accomplish. And then we get to work. Particularly in the, in the public sector, there's, there's a real challenge in moving from the legacy environment into this new modern interactive environment where uh, computing capabilities and platforms are, are able to aggregate and present this type of decision making that's appropriate to your role and responsibilities. Uh, and the legacy individual siloed purchases that we've uh, had in the past in our rush to try to maintain this heterogeneous environment uh, and avoid vendor lock. So all of these things have kind of conspired to uh, restrict or delay the ability of federal agencies in particular, but also state, local, and other nation agencies to make a rapid transformation and embrace new technologies as quickly as they would like because you've got a significant investment in legacy capabilities. Uh, there are security concerns uh, that are going to drive the adoption of, of a hybrid architecture, much as you said uh, in your opening remarks, Luke, is we've really seen that the ability to manage the environment in a hybrid type of a um, extension of control of that environment and present this user experience that mimics what we have in, in our commercial lives in the workplace is is driving what organizations are trying to accomplish. Yeah, I think there's a lot of expectations being set now, right, as we look to modernize. And, uh, you know, I, I know that the White House is uh, very interested in enabling that citizen experience, right? And I think uh, long overdue in a lot of cases. Um, plenty of opportunity to talk about things that haven't gone well, but let's talk about what has gone well. Dave, can you give us an example of maybe an engagement that you guys have had over uh, at Deloitte with uh, one of the, your federal customers that has gone really well that we want to point out in regards to modernizing an environment? Well, we've well, got such great teammates and we'll cover so many different types of things that I, you know, I think we can set aside that there's some great progress going on with cloud. I'm just delighted with sure. the agencies present here today and, and and the intelligence community, what's happening there, and and this recognition that products like ServiceNow and others, you know, are, are ways to get a whole new way to replace really old stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, let me do a couple of examples around. I, I mentioned earlier, I was joking about COBOL programmers aren't getting any younger, but but we're seeing a lot of progress in commercial and public sector more broadly, particularly the state levels more so. But beginning to get traction in the federal space about this idea about if you if you love the system except for the fact that it's COBOL natural mainframe and and really old and out of date, right? That, that you don't have to necessarily replace it, you could do automated refactoring. And so we've seen progress at places like Colorado, Idaho, Texas, where, where millions of lines of, of COBOL and natural code automatically refactored and moved into a modern language that allows you to move off the mainframe, take advantage of the new digital opportunities, mobile opportunities that take place in the world. And so, and so those are huge progress and they, and they don't, 
take years to do. And so it's a way to like take a look at your portfolio and for those things that you're not going to replace, how can you get them to be a more modern platform? And, and similarly, the, these advents of new technologies, the process robotics thing, I just find fascinating. This idea about bots that are, mm -hmm. that are able to take the place sure. of labor, labor intensive multi-system interface kind of work that just mm -hmm. really is not meaningful work for people to do. Right. And, and at the federal level, places like NASA and DHS, I mean, there's like 14 agencies now doing process robotics work. And you hear like the NASA CIO talk about, you know, about giving a bots an identity and, uh, and the things that you can do with those sorts of things. It's just a powerful tool. You have GSA embracing blockchain. So this sort of recognition about these other approaches in addition to cloud and system replacement that are important to think about. Right, this bot technology. I heard yesterday they, uh, they want to take the robot out of the human. I thought that was an interesting way of putting that. <laughs> and uh, this is sort of those uh, modern day scripts of 20 years ago, right, that are taking advantage of the new technology. Uh, Scott, how about over at the FBI? Can you give us an example of a success story, if you will, in regards to something that you all have modernized over there? You've got a lot of sure. uh, great opportunities to talk about these various things that you guys are doing over yeah. there. Well, just to key off of something that Bob was saying right. just a minute ago, uh, it really is about the, the desire of your customers, whether they're your internal customers, our operational divisions, sure. or external customers being the citizens. How are we engaging with those customers? How are we providing the right platforms for them to get the job done? Uh, where we've had success is basically building out some forcing functions for our application owners to require them to containerize their applications, mm. to really modernize how their applications are written and developed, but also providing them a consistent platform. So what we've done is working closely with one of our, or a couple of our vendors, is to create a specific cloud on-premise platform that's very predictable. They know exactly what they need to program for. They know exactly how it needs to be set up to run effectively on that platform. The great thing about that is that it's also immediately cloud ready. As it runs in our on-prem, it gives them a safe playing field to make sure they're ready for the commercial cloud, especially as, as additional secret uh, commercial cloud solutions come online. Mm -hmm. So we've had quite a bit of, of success with that, so now we're replicating that on Unclass and on Top Secret to create those cloud on-premise platforms that allow those containerized apps to run more efficiently we're finding a huge savings, especially in storage, in running those containerized apps on our cloud on-premise and then enabling for them for cloud as soon as they're ready. So you're containerizing this environment, uh, perhaps on-premise, but with the, uh, the, uh, uh, the option of maybe moving that into uh, a, a, a different kind of environment, a non-on-premise, you know, a public environment, whatever becomes available, right. letting the programmer sort of focus on programming mm -hmm. uh, while you guys sort of take care of the heavy lifting inside the container environment. And ultimately the intent is to be able to orchestrate workloads between right. multiple commercial mm -hmm. clouds uh, solution providers and our on-prem solution where we can find the most efficient and effective way to run any application, any workload, where we can move it where it needs to be to make it as efficient as it can be for our use. That's an outstanding uh, configuration there. I'm super excited to hear that. Well, we're, I'd love to hear about the rest of it. We're going to take a short break uh, before we get into the rest of these great examples. Uh, you're listening to the Federal Executive Forum on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. In today's world of constant change, it's more important than ever to have the agility to adapt and the courage to innovate. At Deloitte, their people bring fresh perspective from inside and outside government to help you solve our nation's biggest challenges. From cyber and IT modernization to digital and analytics, anti-fraud and leadership services, Deloitte drives bold and lasting results. 
People, ideas, technology, and outcomes, all designed for impact. Look again. Deloitte.com slash U.S. slash Federal Impact. The mandate for the federal government is clear. Modernize IT. Sounds easy, but it can be a challenge for agencies, especially those with aging IT infrastructures. Software AG's Web Methods digital business platform seamlessly connects systems, processes, data, and devices in the cloud and on-prem. Learn why so many federal agencies and global 2,000 corporations rely on Software AG to accomplish their most critical missions. Visit SoftwareAGGov.com. That's SoftwareAGGov.com. Service now, changing the way people work and allowing agencies to keep pace with technology. From automated workflows to practical AI, our customers get the benefit of new technology on a platform ready for use. Service now takes the risk out of commercial cloud adoption. With FedRAMP certified cloud, agencies experience unprecedented transparency and control over their data while reducing cost and complexity. Service now, helping agencies reach their goals now and exceed them in the future. All right, welcome back to the Federal Executive Forum on Federal News Radio 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. With me on today's show are Dave Blair, Chief Tech Transformation Delivery Division, Citizenship and Immigration Services, Scott Bean, IT Infrastructure Division, FBI, Dave Winogren, Managing Director, Deloitte, Chris Borneman, Chief Technology Officer, Software AG Government, and Bob Osborne, Chief Technology Officer, Federal Service Now. Bob. Uh, we were talking about examples uh, that we are um, experiencing and participating in in regards to modernization activities. Uh, can you give us an example of where you've done some work across uh, perhaps one of the federal agencies, state and local, uh, per- perhaps in regards to a-, a great modernization story? Absolutely, Luke. But before I do that, I'd like to address what Scott was talking about before the break. And that that is really this ability to have uh, control, visibility, and understand what's happening in your environment, regardless of where you have workload deployed. If it's on-premise for security reasons and and you've containerized applications, which is a great approach, and, and prepare that to be able to move into a commercial infrastructure to avoid costs, is really critical. But as you look at platform management and the ability to have these prepackaged development tools on a platform that's fully integrated both on-premise and in the cloud allows you to then manage your workloads based upon what's necessary for that particular application and that particular business unit and understand holistically how that works. A great example of an organization that's doing that besides the FBI is the Department of State. They've actually been able to allow all of the members of the State Department around the world to be able to access their information and and do uh, leave requests, put in personnel actions, utilizing a very easy to use interface that's not unlike what you would find if you go to Under Armour. Dot com. Mm. Uh, this type of an interactive catalog approach to doing business uh, in our work lives in the federal government is real and it's available today and, and State Department has rolled that out very effectively. Uh, the VA is undergoing a project right now. You know, they've, they've ha- gotten a lot of scrutiny from the public on how veterans are able to access care and we're able to help them now modernize the back office so they can understand exactly the systems that are supporting delivering services to veterans across the country. You know the United States Army's uh, PEO for aviation, uh, we're really struggling with what seems like a very simple problem. 
they had a lot of contractors who were onboarding and offboarding the various programs that were supporting the Army's aviation fleet. And a lot of those processes were manual. And by utilizing a platform approach to delivering modern capabilities that really eased the burden of a cross-organizational activity like HR onboarding or offboarding. When you think about it, every one of the lines of business in an organization, whether it be HR, facilities, or IT, uh, legal, they all have their own systems of record that function pretty easily uh, within that silo of the business. And the people who work in finance, for example, understand that system pretty well. The people who work in HR understand their system pretty well. But if we're onboarding onto a company, whether it be Deloitte or Software AG or into the government in the FBI or CIS, we have to go across all of the departments and that's where the automation falls apart and we have to revert back to paper forms. I don't know what your experience was, Luke, when you left the government. A lot of experience in that area. Yep, when I left the government, I had a paper sheet I took around to each department and I got signed out of my, my federal employment. Now we can automate all that, go cross-functionally by taking a platform approach to delivering these types of citizen services, both to our employees who are within the agencies uh, and to the citizens who are interacting with different agencies across the country. I think that's fantastic. I mean, anywhere that we can, we can buy this capability as a service, right, and move ourselves up the value chain and allow the finite resources we have to focus on, you know, the citizen experience, the veteran experience, I think it's just awesome, right? I think that's uh, very important, and I, I love this. I, again, this this shift in technology that is allowing us to do this with the containerization, uh, some of the connectivity capabilities of the software as a service. Dave, how about uh, over at CIS? You've got uh, a lot of activity going over there. Give us an example of uh, where you guys have been able to modernize uh, an environment, a capability, a process, uh, if you will, and that has been uh, successful. Um, I would say that uh, uh, it's it's been a, a kind of a, a, um, a exercise of, of learning, obviously. Sure. And what started out as as um, uh, with transformation uh, was was meant to be kind of the, the answer to, to everyone's problems for the operational, for, for the internal internal customers and external customers. And and I think through um, um, obviously lots of lessons learned. Uh, realize that uh, we can we can do a few things and do it really well. And so uh, with transformation, we focus on the our internal users. Um, we had an application that really wasn't providing value uh, on the case management side, and, uh, and and that's the bread and butter for for USCIS. Right, that's uh, your workhorse. That's right. right. And so uh, we. Uh, uh, we want we uh, took an application, uh, refactored into microservices. Micro, microservices that are now being leveraged by other applications as we as we change our organization from a, a kind of a systems focused, um, uh, I would say enterprise archi- um, uh, enterprise architecture to a mm-hmm. services or, uh, and uh, and then leveraging um, leveraging our case management uh, um, really services now. Uh, to to streamline the, the the workload, so it's a matter. I, I would say um, modernizing the system as as well as you mentioned business process reengineering. Sure. Uh, so where we can uh, remove uh, the, uh, the a person from that uh, life cycle, uh, we, we're doing so. We, we're, uh, the system is uh, we, we call it streamlined processing. So it's it's automated systematic processing of, of applications and petitions that are coming in, right. and uh, and that allows us to to utilize our 
our officers with with the the knowledge and experience, uh, allowing them to focus on uh, the the really the, I would say um, more risky applications. Uh, uh, really allow them to to. To, to focus on on um, those really complicated kind of uh, workloads and then let the system just uh, um, process those that, that are really low risk. Sounds so. fantastic. I mean, you, I, I heard a double bottom line there, right? You get to uh, modernize the environment as far as the technology and make sure it's secure, better experience for the adjudicator, uh, but also at the same time uh, modernize the process. Uh, that the adjudicator was using, I'm sure, bring up the uh, the uh, the throughput, et cetera, uh, which is uh, super important. Chris, uh, how about over at Software AG? I would imagine that uh, you guys are unleashing a lot of capability across the community, and you probably have a whole host of success stories. But let's hear about one uh, that uh, in, in a federal agency where they've been able to unlock their capability and really modernize in a big way. Yeah, yeah, sure thing. <laughs> and so, you know, based off of the this season, you know, what I like to talk about is, is IRS. So uh -huh. <clears throat> we have a long history with the IRS, um, and one of the things that, that we look at, uh, their last modernization, is we, we all know about our e-file, right? So IRS processes 150 million tax returns per year, but really it's about 250 million filings, right? Because you have business filings throughout the, the months and quarters, throughout the year, extensions, et cetera. And that whole process, which I'm sure we're, we're all familiar with the way we used to do it, you know, all on paper, all sending on in. And then we went through, through many iterations towards that modernization effort. And we've been able to go through and connect all those systems, which include legacy systems, all the way up to mainframe, all the way out to all the service providers, your cloud providers, your, your uh, tax software that people use for electronic filing, and joining all those systems together as part of that modernization effort. Mm -hmm. What's interesting though is that beyond just providing the main source of revenue that, that operates the federal government, they also tend to be the record of authority for a lot of validation and qualification. So now they've had to take all these systems that you know by process were batch oriented in filing, but now to become transactional. So if we look at the, the ACA and how, how the Healthcare Act, and that tie-in where that system reaches a peak of around 180,000 concurrent users at once, all looking to validate what do they qualify for for benefits. And then it all comes back to the IRS a lot of times to, to validate what, what's my tiering. And so they've been able to then take that same platform and then extend the information on out to provide those services. And the, the good news story off of it you know, for me is, is as they go to the next phase of modernization, is now they're looking to containerize and develop as microservices those capabilities, right? So that we have full flexibility where they deploy their services, whether they want it to be, you know, need to be on-prem or go to cloud at some point, whether it be on-premise cloud or, or commercial clouds, and then be able to, to manage that scaling side because IRS obviously has seasonality that has different uh, demands on their systems, right? So it's, it's a really interesting extension where they've done a lot of modernization but then are also going forward with more. And then it, to me, that, that still is part of that. Focusing on enterprise platforms, um, I think all of us from the industry will encourage everyone to take, take a holistic enterprise platform approach as they look to do their modernizations. Yeah, and I would imagine as you containerize and start to build these microservices, the reuse capability goes up significantly. Absolutely. And uh, that really gets your rapid delivery there on a lot of these uh, goods and services, if you will. 
Well, we can't talk about modernization without talking about the good old MGT, and I'm just going to sort of do a, a round there and get some sense about uh, whether or not you all are using the M M MGT or whether or not you're working with agencies that are thinking about using the MGT. You know, nine projects went in, uh, uh, seven different agencies. They've picked four. We've heard about that. I'm sure we'll hear very soon about which uh, agencies. I think some of us might have some sense of that already. Uh, and I'm sure that'll uh, be um, um, uh, promoted. And uh, and the uh, the CIO of OMB uh, just recently, uh, you know, uh, is encouraging folks to take a look at that, uh, how that uh, environment's going to be used, and to encourage folks to continue to pursue that. So let's start with you over at CIS, Dave. Uh, what's your sense of the MGT, and what has that done for you all as far as uh, sort of? Um, uh, you know, uh, unleashing the the uh, the uh, the movement, if you will, of modernization. Sure. Uh, well, I, I think we kind of we're uniquely positioned um, as a fee-funded organization. Sure. Sure. And, and so I think that uh, um, I, I, I guess it allows us to. Um, it, there's a responsibility, obviously, to uh, to to, uh, to to our taxpayers and to to, to applicants that are that are applying for. Um, uh, benefits, but uh, I think at this time we, we really haven't um, considered uh, pursuing any of, the, any of those funds. Um, right, and, and and I would just say that you know um, uh, th this uh, to me the MGT while while it's as much about you know the funds and what might may or may not be available, it's also about the uh, the cut keep and reinvest capability within an agency to take savings, put it into new modernization techniques, and really just give a, uh, give a, I'll say permission, if you will, uh, for the community to let's get on with it. It's time to start modernizing, and here's some money we're gonna put on the table, and here's a sort of a uh, an ecosystem that we're gonna allow you to start to enable the capability. Dave, what are you seeing out there in Deloitte in regards to activity around this area? Well, you know, bipartisan support for IT legislation is always a wonderful thing. And so to there me, the go. most important thing is the mandate for change. This imperative, you have this convergence, as you already mentioned. You have president's management agenda. I'll say two and a half out of three goals are all around this topic. You have MGT passing. You have the report to the president from the American Technology Council. So you have this convergence. There is like this energy building that is just helpful for agencies, even if they never decide to go after pilot funding. The working capital fund option is a fascinating way for some agencies to be able to take O&M expiring funds and put them into a longer term investment strategy. Mm -hmm. The pilot funding is a great way for organizations that don't have the capacity within themselves to, you know, to get the modernization work done to go get some funds to jumpstart the thing. But, but all told, it's this convergence about the things that you measure, the things that matter. And so if what matters to us is IT modernization and we turn oversight hearings from, I'll say, heated rhetoric into measuring the progress of our plans, this is a way for the the folks next to me here who have to go toil in the vineyard and get this work done to have like you know we're going to make a plan we're going to track the progress of our plan we're going to galvanize the energy of the organization to make these IT modernization issues move forward and that's a good thing. Sure, Chris, uh, what are you seeing there? Uh, you, you, do, do you see any uh, uh, interest out there in regards to uh, to the activity around the MGT? There's this constellation of of of. Uh, of uh, movement, if you will, again the executive orders, the the IT uh, plan to the president, uh, followed up by the Management Act and then the uh, president's management agenda. I mean, it's this perfect storm of activity. 
uh, to sort of ignite and excite all the agencies. What are you seeing out there? Absolutely. So, so the first thing I would go through and say, you know, I, I've been a, a CIO, CTO uh, from industry sure. for 20, 25 years. And so what excites me about this is that the overall tone and environment that we're operating in is much more like a business, right? That we're really looking for, how do I get the best value and deliver on the mission, right? And, and that's the right type, type of vernacular we need to use. And the, the, the thought of being able to capture my savings and bank it and make the right investments with my own money is, is great. And that's, I, I've always been an advocate of self-funding your own transformation. Right. Right? Great and, motivator, and too. this is a great motivator, a great program. So you, whether you'll compete for the you know the group funds or just generate your own funds, it's a it's a great motivator to go through and do that. And so you know, our own engagements with, with our, our clients has been really around you know, the conversation: what should I be modernizing? Right. So the the conversations are starting like where should I spend, rather than just you know I've got this old system I don't like. Maybe I should should do that one. And now we're looking back to what is my mission, what's the most critical systems I really should be focusing on, and where am I spending money that I really am not getting the best value. And now I'm motivated to go address the, you know, where I'm kind of wasting money on low value services to free up to go do the right investments. And so we're doing a lot more uh, conversations around enterprise IT portfolio management. Right? What is my portfolio? What is my suite? And how do I tie that back into the business or mission value? Mm -hmm. And those are conversations that um, when I came into the, the, the uh, public sector um, in servicing that, that industry that we didn't start out the conversations around how do I provide the best value for my mission. You know, it was just mission capability only. Sure. And so it's, it's uh, I think a really exciting time, just that whole tone of where things are going. Yeah, you're really sort of switching that. I, what I love about the MGT, it really sort of puts pen to paper and a fine point on uh, not just the return on investment for the, the dollars, and that's super important, but also, you know, the return on investment to the citizens, to the veterans, to the name your mission type thing. And I just think that's fantastic because there's a real clear focus that's on that. Yeah, Scott, how about over at the FBI? Um, uh, sort of w w what's the... What's the feeling over there with all this modernization in the air, if you will, in respect to, uh, you know, how does that sort of focus the FBI in sure. regards to transforming? So a couple of things. First of all, I think Dave's spot on. It really is about changing the level of the conversation. We've always internally talked about, you know, we're starved for resources here. We need more there. And it's heard, but it hasn't really gotten the level of attention it is now getting uh, based on uh, the attention that's coming down from uh, from the Hill and, and from the White House. So sure. uh, it's good to see that because it's it's allowing us to have a more fulsome communication about what we've got going on and what we want to do to make the organization better. The challenge for us in the Bureau is we are a wholly owned subsidiary of the Department of Justice. So the DOJ is really making executive decisions about uh, what pieces and parts of those funds to go after and then we as a component agency help to provide information to support that mm -hmm. uh, but also uh, give the spend plans and give the execution plans on how we would intend if given some of that funding to execute on it quickly, efficiently, and make sure we're getting the most return on investment that we can. Sure, sure. And uh, how about uh, over at ServiceNow? Uh, well, what are you guys seeing out there as far as your, uh, your, uh, your customers that you're servicing in respect to uh, how the Management Act has sort of enabled and unlocked their thinking as far as how they want to modernize? I think that the MGT Act has really kind of come at, at a perfect time uh, at this point of what agencies are trying to do in their modernization. 
And it really kind of is building from a crescendo where the uh, Federal IT Acquisition Reform Act, FITARA, was really kind of measuring success in, in, uh, in transformation in the past without any real uh, teeth behind how agencies were able to accomplish that, how they were going to be able to fund the different activities that were being measured in the FITARA scorecard. Uh, then with the investment of companies in FedRAMP to provide uh, these computing environments in the commercial realm that allowed for modernization to occur. So you've got, you've got these different elements within the government now that are really kind of capstoned by the MGT Act as a, yeah, we're serious about this, go ahead and move forward with your plans because now you've got the ability to, to reinvest monies that you're, you're uh, realizing out of the efficiencies you're gaining by moving into things like platforms instead of application management, adopting cloud services from commercial service providers. And then that links into raising the FATORA scorecard, which is always good for the agencies, and feeds back into companies like ours that are investing heavily in FedRAMP certification to continue to meet the needs of security around extending the agency environment into the commercial infrastructure. Right, I, I always uh, remind the CIOs, you now have a hunting license to go, go. Uh, well, with that, we're gonna take a short break and you're listening to the Federal Executive Forum on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. In today's world of constant change, it's more important than ever to have the agility to adapt and the courage to innovate. At Deloitte, their people bring fresh perspective from inside and outside government to help you solve our nation's biggest challenges. From cyber and IT modernization to digital and analytics, anti-fraud and leadership services, Deloitte drives bold and lasting results. People, ideas, technology, and outcomes, all designed for impact. Look again, Deloitte.com slash U.S. slash Federal Impact. The mandate for the federal government is clear. Modernize IT. Sounds easy, but it can be a challenge for agencies, especially those with aging IT infrastructures. Software AG's Web Methods Digital Business Platform seamlessly connects systems, processes, data, and devices in the cloud and on-prem. Learn why so many federal agencies and global 2000 corporations rely on Software AG to accomplish their most critical missions. Visit SoftwareAGGov.com. That's SoftwareAGGov.com. ServiceNow, changing the way people work and allowing agencies to keep pace with technology. From automated workflows to practical AI, our customers get the benefit of new technology on a platform ready for use. ServiceNow takes the risk out of commercial cloud adoption. With FedRAMP certified cloud, agencies experience unprecedented transparency and control over their data while reducing cost and complexity. ServiceNow, helping agencies reach their goals now and exceed them in the future. Welcome back to the Federal Executive Forum on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. With me on today's show are Dave Blair, Citizenship and Immigration Services, Scott Bean with the FBI, Dave Wintergren, Deloitte Technologies, Chris Borneman with Software AG, and Bob Osborne with ServiceNow. Uh, we were talking about the MGT Act and uh, wanted to kind of shift over and talk about lessons learned. Uh, all of you have had a variety of experiences and you've been on this journey for some time. 
What lessons learned can you share with the audience that they want to be thinking about for those that may not be as far along on the journey as you have been? Dave, let's start with you at CIS. You guys have been on this journey for quite some time and I'm sure have a lot of lessons learned. What are a couple you'd like to share with the audience? Sure. Well, modernizations um, take longer than you expected. Sure. <laughs> so that's probably mm -hmm. one, one of the biggest lessons. Uh, and I think you know, what we're, we're learning that uh, it's uh, as much a matter of meeting the um, business need or filling a gap uh, as well as um, ha having a return on investment, having success criteria. Um, and, and, and you know, having clear success criteria uh, uh, gets aligns IT and the business and it may not, you know, it may not solve problems or disagreements around implementation. Um, but it sure uh, allows everyone to have that clear, uh, a clear vision and knowing when, when we're done. Uh, sure, sure. Um, uh, uh, always takes longer than uh, anticipated and uh, need to be realistic with the schedule, right? I mean, I think that's really important. Bob, what are you seeing at ServiceNow uh, in regards to lessons learned? Maybe some things that you've seen customers doing over and over where uh, just seems to be something that uh, really ought to be pointed out for the community. Well, I want to echo what Chris said previously, and that is, uh, you know, it, the modernization approach is really shifting. It's not replacing a, a legacy technology for something new. It's really looking at how you harmonize your IT investments to have specific business outcomes. And that requires a partnership. It's no longer a just a contract with a vendor to deliver one capability and everybody shakes hands and goes their opposite ways. Now we're shifting, and I'm seeing across the government globally, the shift from application rationalization into platform management, going from hundreds or even thousands of applications to a few key strategic platforms from which you can deliver these modern integrated services. That requires a strategic partnership between federal agencies, state and local, and key partners in industry that are going to help guide the way to do that. Because a lot of these technologies, as quickly as they're emerging and being integrated into platforms, require that type of a close-knit relationship in order to get the most benefit for the federal agencies. Mm -hmm. uh, Scott, how about you uh, over at the FBI? Uh, you guys have been on this journey for quite some time. Uh, any lessons learned that you'd like to share with the community? Uh, one of the things that we're finding is that uh, communications sometimes is as important if not more important than the engineering. Uh, communicating internally with our application owners and with our platform, uh, different platforms, you know, so we've talked a little bit about mainframe. As we're shutting down the mainframe, how do you communicate effectively to the folks that that's been their job for the last 20 years, right. that we're not walking them out the door, that sure. we're going to provide them new opportunities to uh, help us work applications in other platforms. So it's communicating uh, to our users, to our application owners, and to our end users out there in the field offices, here's the changes that we're making and here's the benefit that will come to you from the work that we're doing here. So that communication piece is important. The other thing that I would say is, uh, as we're talking about scheduling and, and planning, uh, you cannot ever overestimate the amount of time that you're going to need for security planning. Making sure that you're thinking about what it's going to take to get you through the wickets to get you to ATO on any system that you're looking to bring online. You have to build in that time because it's something you don't want to rush. Yeah, you know, I've heard a lot of folks, you know, sort of this dynamic of the ATO and especially the ATO and the sort of new hybrid cloud or full cloud environment. That's a new experience for a lot of folks and and sort of avoiding that issue uh, until uh, 
until uh, later on in the cycle and creating a lot of uh, angst, which gets into your schedule issue, of course, et cetera. And also catching that soft skill uh, communication. You know, there's a lot of cheese that's getting moved there, right? And there's a lot of uh, people that are very proud of what they've been able to do and master the skills that they've had and honed over many years. So understand that dynamic as well. Uh, Dave, how about uh, what you guys have experienced out there from a lessons learned that perhaps you've seen several customers sort of get into this environment and maybe you've had to help them get out of that environment, so to speak. Uh, yeah, if you could share some with the audience. Absolutely. So, you know, we help people around the world, and so we see lots of modernization efforts. And so I'm going to do a lightning round. The first one is proactively have a plan, right? You have to think through what are you going to retire, what are you going to replace, what are you going to refresh. Don't just try to think of this as individual moving parts. Have a plan for your organization about what you want to do. Move with speed. Modernization efforts work best when they stay ahead of the pace of technology change. When it takes us five years to deliver on something, great companies like those sitting at the table have already created a lot of improvements, so you've got to move with speed. Third one is involving the customer throughout the process. I mean, when we get detached from the customer, that's where modernization efforts usually don't, don't work. Scott talked about the one about relentlessly communicating. It's so important to understand the value proposition because people are wed to, they may complain about the legacy, but they're wed to it, and sure. it's, it's how they get their job done, and it's what they understand, right, and the skills that brought you here may not be what takes you next, so you've got to relentlessly communicate the value proposition, and then improve your access to innovation. Don't let bad contracting approaches get you to bad outcomes, right? So often, you know, we, we use a contracting approach we're comfortable with, where the better plan for something like this is, you know, are you using statements objectives rather than state rigid statements of work? Are you valuing alternative proposals? Are you doing managed services? Are you finding ways to use the tools that are available to you to actually get the outcome that you seek rather than narrowing the optics about what you can get. Yeah, you know, there's this, this frontier of activity as we start to go on this journey and, you know, the MVT Act has just sort of lit this up across the community. Um, you know, it was a skill-based issue, right, and trying to bring the right skills in uh, to help modernize. Uh, but then, you know, sort of a modern contracting, uh, you know, sort of environment as well. And there's all kinds of techniques out there. And I think there's certainly a recognition that this is an area that uh, there's a lot of opportunity and a lot of experimentation that's going on there. Um, Chris, how about you? Uh, what, what are you seeing out there in regards to experiences that uh, perhaps you could share some lessons learned uh, for the community and the audience at large? Sure thing. Well, where we typically get engaged with customers is at very highly complex problems um, that have to be you know, at very large scales, right? And that's where things start kind of falling apart, you know, finding your gaps. And so we're all familiar with the, the phrase, you know, think globally, act locally. And so I, you know, applying it back to my enterprise, think enterprise, but act department level, mm -hmm. is that when you're making your choices towards modernization, think about where are you going to go as it grows inside your enterprise. Otherwise, you're going to start creating a whole bunch of pocket solutions that may be a, a slight, small modernization improvement, but maybe not, you know, enterprise level. Uh, the second aspect is that, you know, none of your, your legacy systems, you know, uh, change immediately. Right? Just as Dave was outlining is that you have to make a choice across all your different systems is that you have to make, make your modernization that still takes into effect the, the systems that aren't being modernized just yet. So integration comes into play and that integration has to be hybrid. 
you're going to have stuff that's still on-prem, you're going to have stuff that's on your private on-premise cloud, and things that are up inside a commercial cloud. So making sure you're factoring all those things. You've got to recognize that you've got legacy environments and modern, uh, moderniz modernized environments, and the, the two have to uh, cohabitate, if you will. All right, we're going to roll into, we've got about nine minutes left. Uh, we want to paint a picture. You know, what does the future look like? Share a vision of sort of, you know, what we're thinking out to maybe three years tops. We'll start with you, Bob. So it's really exciting because we see uh, the advent of new technologies that are uh, really exciting to federal agencies. And, and one of the things that we, we find agencies struggling with or how do you keep up with integrating those technologies into the mission of the different agencies. Uh, CIOs have always struggled with this problem, but it's becoming even more, I think, uh, important for them to, to understand and deal with. You know, we were talking just a few years ago about moving to the cloud, and it still seems to be the prime driver for many agencies, but now artificial intelligence is mm -hmm. the buzz, right? right? Everyone wants AI. The problem is that agencies are left with the difficult time of understanding what type of technology, in the case of AI, what type of AI is going to work for me, then how do I procure it? I have to integrate it. I have to maintain it. And, and all of this creates a... Uh, skills gap within most, most agencies to understand how to do that. So when you shift to a platform approach, most uh, of the best enterprise solutions provide fully integrated solutions that remove that burden from the agencies. Sure. So that's where we kind of coined that, frame, uh, that phrase uh, practical AI. So if you get a, a capability such as artificial intelligence and machine learning that's fully integrated into all of the applications of a platform, all of those figuring out what it is, how to procure it, and how to integrate it is gone. Now all you need to focus on is how do you get the business outcome or the mission outcome that you're looking for out of this new technology. Mm -hmm. It's going to be even more important as Internet of Things comes into play where you have wearables and implantable devices that are going to be introduced into agency workspaces that's where we're going to have to look at in the future, and we're excited about it. Sure, sure. Uh, you know, the um, uh, cloud capability becomes uh, table stakes, and now we're on to machine learning and AI. Chris, how about you? Can you give us a, uh, a quick picture of the future? Sure. So we touched on a little bit that uh, our expectations for our IT systems has definitely been evolving uh, as, as citizens and the technology that we individually work with. As IoT grows, those needs for connectivity back to your enterprise to bring it in securely, make sure you're dealing with a cyber threat, and then be able to handle that from a streaming real time and then tie it back into what our processes are handling and, and get your insights, your learnings, your, your uh, machine learning aspects to that are definitely going to be just like table stakes, right? Right now we're talking about that's the new, but in five years from now, we're sitting around this table, we're talking about that's what we've accomplished and there's going to be something else. So we have to plan for those things. Dave, what's the future look like for Deloitte? <laughs> times of change or times of opportunity. I mean, and I'm a hopeless optimist, so I will just tell you that I say ride those waves of change. The Wall Street Journal had an article a year or so ago that said the most disruptive force in technology today is you and me. Because we have these expectations about the way we're going to live our lives and that smartphone platform we have in our pocket it guides all our, you know, the way our expectations are for at work. And so how can we actually move forward and make that a reality? It is going to be a mobile, digital world, and we're going to get over this need for personal control and, and go past server huggers to recognizing that you want to use commercial best practices, commercial solutions that allow you to do your job from anywhere to get the job done. We're going to recognize the need for substantive process change because, you know, technology always works best when it's, it's aligned to optimize processes rather than just adding 
being a shiny object to an antiquated process. And as the point that's already been made here, you have this wonderful nexus of uh, the digital world and the physical world being connected. So whether you're talking about IoT or process robotics or AI, there's a tremendous way to provide more effective decision making and, and mission outcomes that are in real time, right? Because we're connected and, and we're not limited by the fact that we have stovepipe systems that work in vacuums and create these air gaps between systems. So let's go. We've discovered the problem and the problem is us, right? And here comes some machine learning AI uh, in real time. Dave, CIS, uh, we're going to have that modernized in two to three years. What is the what yeah. is the, uh, the the environment look like? Sure. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, I think it's it's, it's easy enough. 100% uh, secure, you know, digital paperless environment uh, for all USCIS products. Um, in, Electronic in filing 2020, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, you on target to have that done by 2020? Uh, we are. Fantastic. Yeah, we we'll have a di digital ingestion. Uh, I think we, we've already moved to cloud, a cloud infrastructure. Um, we have mobile services, uh, service, uh, microservices architecture that we're leveraging across um, even legacy applications. Uh, I think we're going to be we're going to be there. The day will come where I can file for a benefit uh, on a mobile device uh, at a CIS, and it's uh, right around the corner. I'm cer cer certain of it. Scott, how about at the FBI? What does the future look like? What, what does that look like in two to three years as you guys containerize and and uh, you know sort of put those hybrid environments together, build out Pocatello, all these things you're talking about? So what I'm very much hoping for, maybe two to three years, maybe slightly longer, is I want to get the FBI out of the desktop computing business. I don't want to have wow. desktop computers okay. for unclassified or secret. When it comes to top secret, that's probably a bridge too far. I understand that. But in terms of uncla unclass and secret, I want to go thin client or zero client for uh, all of our users. And I want to deliver that through secure wireless. And that's a that's a, a high bar to set for ourselves in terms of making sure that we're delivering that securely uh, in our facilities. But I, what I want is for our agents and analysts as they come out of training to have that thin client or zero client with them. When they show up at their field office on their first day, they pop it up, that device registers to wireless, and they have all their resources right there when they need it. When we have a critical incident somewhere else in the country, they take their thin client, they throw it in their bag, they fly to wherever, they pop up, they register through the network, and they have all their resources right there, right then. It changes teaming for the organization. It changes our ability to be agile and nimble and respond more effectively to critical incidents, but also to the day-to-day -day concerns of the organization, making sure that we're making capability available to our folks wherever they are, however they're working. Doing the same thing on our mobility platform, making our, our, uh, our cell phone as able as we can and keeping it secure. So delivering a full suite of applications to their mobile device where they can really take advantage of it. And how about the radios? Do you see that sort of fitting into that same sort of, uh, you know, as a service kind of capability with uh, what's going on with FirstNet and everything else? Certainly, and that's, that's part of the conversation is uh, as we're evolving our mobile phone platform, do we look to go to a push-to-talk uh, that's tied in with FirstNet. Um, what are we going to do in terms of that? And at this point, you know, recognizing that the FBI is not a first responder community, sure. because we're not, 
uh, but we well, are right there on the front line program. with our yeah, front, sure. uh, our first responders mm -hmm. as we're responding on critical incidents. How do we tie in more effectively? How do we remove those barriers from collaboration? So one of the things that we're looking to do um, fairly early on with, with Office 365 is what's our opportunity to federate with our federal, state, local, and tribal partners? Mm. And to what degree do we want to do that? And to what degree can we do that securely? So that's one of the other things that we're looking at to try to make ourselves more integrated with our federal, state, local, and tribal partners as we're executing the mission of the FBI. Well, I thank you all for this uh, fantastic conversation on this very important uh, subject as we all go on this journey to uh, to modernize uh, sort of the, the, uh, uh, the community at large, if you will. Um, I want to thank today's guests for taking the time from their busy schedules to join us uh, for this program. And I'd like to thank our sponsors for Without We Don't Have a Show. I'd like to thank the good people here at Federal News Radio that make our program so successful and enjoyable. And most of all, I'd like to thank you, the listening audience out there that tune in every month. You've been listening to the Federal Executive Forum on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. Thank you for listening to the 2018 Federal Executive Forum Series on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM, proudly celebrating 13 years. This show was produced by the Treza Media Group. If you missed any portion of this show, you can listen to it in its entirety and on demand at federalnewsradio.com. 